glad you're here today. And from my heart to your heart, I, I hope that today as we talk about a subject that, you know, the Bible says that Satan is a deceiver. You know, some of you, when we pass the plates and the offering is being collected, that's, that's the deceiver gets involved and says, all they care about is your money. Yeah, look at them. They're putting a basket in your face right there. All they want is your money, and nothing, nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, we, we believe here that giving is a privilege. We, we don't practice giving that is coercive, that causes people to feel pressure. In fact, the Bible is very clear in saying that kind of giving is not to be practiced. Uh, in fact, uh, we, we don't ever ask anyone to sign a pledge card. Uh, I grew up in a denominational environment uh, that my mother, it was my mother's tradition and, and her denomination that every year they would send people to your home and bring a pledge card and ask you to sign it while they were sitting there and you'd sign your name and they would go back and make the church budget based on that and and we are so far removed from that. We, we believe it's a joy, it's a privilege to give. And at the same time, we believe deeply that uh, it's a part of your spiritual growth. It's a part of how God has wired us to be givers. Because you're either a giver or you're a taker. And, and so when the deceiver comes along, whispers in your ear, it's all about the money. That's a lie. And today, we're, we're going to kind of begin talking about a exciting opportunity, uh, an opportunity for you to be a part of something. And it's possible. I do this at the risk of knowing. Some of you are going to walk out of here today and go, well, Ed was talking about money. I won't be back next week. And, and I beg you, if you, you get there from here to there and, and you're thinking that way, give me the privilege of spending some time talking to you. Because honestly, Nothing could be further from the truth. And, and it will rob you the blessing of discovering so many amazing things about this, this really cool opportunity that God gives us uh, to be givers. And so today we're going to pick up bold move. We, we've been talking about how uh, God led Nehemiah to make a bold move, to go in front of the king and break the law. He actually, what he did, he broke the law. It was against the law to have a sad countenance on your face. And that could have resulted in him being killed by Artaxerxes. And, and of course, he risked it. It was a bold move because he was burdened and heavy about back in Jerusalem, his homeland. Nehemiah had heard about the walls. Uh, they had been broken down in war, and the people were very vulnerable to outside attack. And, and walls, we, we don't necessarily have out, you know, external real walls around our cities or our homes. We put up, think of it, an alarm system that you may have in your home. That's very much like a wall. And on a, a more important real application, the principles of God's word that we practice are like putting walls around us as well. When you memorize God's word, it builds a wall of protection against you and sin. And, and so the wall image is really cool and very important. And that's why we've picked it this month because there's so many lessons here. The lesson of the bold move, the bold move that the children of Israel were willing to take from Egypt uh, to make it to the promised land. 
God always asked his people to make a bold move for him. Uh, If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, there came a moment in your life when you made a bold move. You left behind the old and you gave up on any effort you were making to save yourself by your good works or by your past traditions or religion. And, And it is a bold move to say, I can't save myself. I trust Jesus and Jesus alone. Uh, When you get up in the morning and have a prayer time, that's a bold move. You have other things to do. It is a courageous thing to do. And, And so God really, I believe, has just our lives are enriched with the idea that there are bold moves we need to make for him. And so today we're going to get started by taking this idea of a bold move, and we're going to move it forward a little bit, and we're going to talk about the bold move of cooperation. The bold move of cooperation. Now, some of you might be thinking, bold move and cooperation, do they go together? And here's where our story draws that to a place where we, we can take this idea and be true to Scripture, to God's Word. Because although Nehemiah went by himself, that first move, bold move, to go in front of the king, uh, to show a sad countenance because he was brokenhearted about the condition of the walls in Jerusalem and to speak about that to the king. The truth is the walls would have never been built if it had not been for the bold move of cooperation. It took many other people getting involved or the walls would not have been rebuilt. And the idea of cooperation is so huge to the kingdom work that God gives us a privilege to be a part of. Uh, No man, no woman is an island to themselves. We need each other. The local New Testament church, it's not perfect. Uh, Would you do me a favor right now? Would you quietly whisper this? Sometimes you guys get way too aggressive when we do this. But would you just quietly whisper to the person beside you, to the right or the left, You are not perfect. Would you do that right now? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Some of you, a little bit too aggressive here. Um, the, the, The church, the local church is made up of people just like you and just like me. We have put out on the LED sign when we used to own the property here. Now we are guests of the word church. But we used to put out there occasionally, it would be in the rotation, Uh, Pastor Jay worked it in and it said, no perfect people allowed. And and we kind of felt comfortable saying that because no one's perfect. If someone thinks they are, they're crazy and they need Jesus, but probably they got to figure out they're not perfect first before they can make the bold, bold move. Uh, the leap of faith to come to Jesus. But here it is. Listen to me very carefully. Every one of us need to recognize that when we come to Christ, we have humbled ourselves. We've made this bold move away from self to say, it's all about Jesus. It's not about me. And so this bold move of cooperation is huge to the family of faith, to, to local church community. Uh, it's, a, it's a big issue in marriage. 
it, it takes courage to make this bold move of cooperation where you come together with someone else and you discover that putting your maybe first choice aside or your desires or your preferences aside to, for the good of a, of a union, of a marriage, of a relationship, it's true on a friendship level. It, it takes boldness and courage to surrender part of yourself for the good of family. And we're all capable of that. You know, I'm here to tell you today, with God's help, you can take this incredibly important, bold move of cooperation, become a better person, become someone not self-absorbed, become someone willing to set aside self for the importance of this cooperative good that comes from working in community, both in family and, and in local church. And so Nehemiah is a great example of that. He couldn't build the wall by himself. It, it was important for him to do this in cooperation with others. There's one last little point as we talk about doing things with others. Uh, the wisest man who ever lived, uh, the Bible calls him Solomon. In the book of Ecclesiastes makes the statement that Two are always better than one. If you get this right and you are willing to cooperate with other, other people for the good and advancement of the kingdom, you're going to have stronger relationships. You will do more for the kingdom. I saw it this last week. Every week in this season here of our bold move, as we prepare our new home, I'm seeing hundreds, a couple hundred people in total, different people have come to be a part of giving of their time and their talents for the purpose of this bold move, that, that we might be a community of faith that is living by faith and, and not going into debt and, and choosing to invest in people. And so we give ourselves, we give our time our most valuable commodity, our most valuable possession. I couldn't be prouder, church. You guys are just absolutely amazing. Now, Nehemiah needed other people to join him. They needed to be bold in their cooperation and so today, three lessons. Here's number one about bold cooperation from Nehemiah. Here it is, number one. You can write this down in your notes. You'll have a, a stronger level of retention if you do, if you take the time to do this. Bold cooperation is possible only if you have a mind for it. It has to make sense. Now, naturally, we are selfish. We, we are, I was riding down the road one day had a five-year-old in the front seat. Uh, he had a seatbelt on. And uh, he was tuning the radio station. It was driving, I actually remember, a 71 Volkswagen Bug. And uh, I was, at the time, 22 years old. And he was tuning the radio, and he came across a station. And, and the words, I could understand. I'm not so sure he could at age five. But I knew that... This was not my responsibility as his parents' friends to be his educator about some of the words that were in the song. Are you with me on where I'm going? And so I just said, hey, let's try another station. And he looked at me and said, no, 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 I, I, I want to watch it. And I, he said, I like that. And I said, no, you don't like that. I said, your Adamic nature likes that. It's a five-year-old. And he started crying. I said, what, is it? what did I do? I'm thinking my friend, I'm going to take the kid home. He's crying. 
And he says, I, I don't have an endemic nature. He didn't know what it was, but it sounded bad, okay? <laughs> we, we all have an endemic nature. We're born sinners. Can, can we all agree with that? You don't have, some of you are telling your neighbor right now, you're a sinner. You know, we are. You know, Paul said, I'm chief of all sinners. I'm the number one dude when it comes to sin. And, and at the end of the day, we all need God's grace. And when it comes to this issue of understanding what God has done for us, you got to get your head around it. And when it comes to cooperation and the bold move of cooperation, you got to set aside the Adamic nature, which is focused inwardly, and connect with other people. I mean, you cannot accomplish kingdom work without connecting in community with others. You can do so much more together. And so we're going to dig a little bit deeper today. When I sent this outline in to my personal assistant, Sukun got this, and she texted me back right away. She said, Pastor Ed, did you know that you put the same verse with all three points? And, and uh, I, I'm capable of having done that unintentionally, but I had actually done that on purpose. Because here's something really cool today. This is a great example. Sometimes people ask me, Ed, why do you use different translations? It's because most of us here do not study ancient languages, specifically Hebrew. And, and <laughs> I don't think there's really a legitimate Hebrew scholar among us here today. So we trust in others to do translations. But here's a little piece about translations you may or may not know. Is that sometimes a word in one language has no equivalent and in theologically, the term is dynamic equivalent, you find something close to it. But sometimes translations, different translations pull out a different highlight from that word because it's not a word for word. The, the word love in English has three Koine Greek words. And so in the verse we're going to look at, Nehemiah 4.6, we're going to look at three different translations and the same word pops out three different ways each. You say, which one's right? They all are. And so I, had, I encourage you as your shepherd, as your pastor, is be willing to read other translations. Don't get you so comfortable with one. You don't have to spend 10 years learning to speak an ancient language. And at the end of the day, something from reading multiple, and I do this every week before I, I get up here and talk to you. I read multiple versions and translations because sometimes the, the richness, it's like peeling back an onion. You can see a whole lot more. And that's going to be true with today. So I, I told Sue, I said, yeah, I did that on purpose. And she said, I kind of thought you did because she could see immediately what we're doing. I think you'll see it also today as well. Let's look at our first verse. It's actually from the old King James Version. Nehemiah 4.6. Nehemiah 4.6. So we... So built we the wall, and the wall was joined together under the half thereof, for the people had a mind to, what's that last word? Work. The people had a mind to work. Right, right before that, they had a what? A mind. Now this phrase, we're going to see it over and over with different insights. But the first insight is this, before the people did the work, before it was we collectively, us together, cooperating, it had to make sense to them. Uh, 
I, uh, I want to use today just, just a brief moment to talk to you a little bit about something we initiated last week. Uh, if you were here last week, you, you were given uh, one of these tri-fold flyers, okay, that, that really, it's a real, real clear presentation of what the bold campaign is about. And, and really, I guess the question that kind of jumps out at me at this point, and that's why I'm going to take just a couple minutes talking about this, we got to ask the question, does the bold campaign make sense to you? Because if you don't get your head around it, if you can't get this clear in your mind, you're not going to have an ability to be we, to be cooperative. You're not going to have a mind to work. Does this make sense? There's nothing that's more important to me as we move forward than for our church community, hundreds of us, to have time to consider what our cooperative effort involves. And so we handed this out last week. How many of you received one of these? Would you wave at me? Okay. As you leave today, if you do not have one, we want you to have one. Please pick one up. It explains how we as a community are being bold in our cooperative effort, how together we are building the walls. In this case, that's a word picture, building the walls. We are putting forth the effort to build our local church, both the new part of it, there's new construction that's coming, and also we are remodeling what we bought. So let me kind of go over, because if this doesn't make sense on, <laughs> this doesn't make sense on a very deep level, there is no way you're going to have a mind to be a part of this. You got to understand this. You got to get your head around it. And so this is a legitimate question. Does this campaign, this is our effort to move forward, accomplish this task, build the walls, and boldly cooperate together, you're not going to be a part of something that doesn't make sense to you. You really shouldn't if it doesn't make sense. So on the front of this flyer is an elevation view, front and side, of a new proposed building. Now there's two parts to this. There's the existing building we are remodeling. We took the money from selling this building, building and we bought the new property and what's there. We knew that we had to remodel what is there. We are doing the vast majority of that volunteer labor. We also knew that we needed about a third more, about 35% more square footage in order for our vision to be served inside the walls of the facilities that we had. And so we determined we would build a multi-purpose building. This is a Again, front and side elevation. Uh, the shingles are the same color as the existing buildings. The brick on the front is the same brick that's there now. It's going to be a beautiful building. But, but there's some things about buildings that I, I want to help you get in your mind. To me, a building reflects the value of the people who are in the building. Now think about that for a minute. The vision and value, if you, you see a church, it's a crystal cathedral. Uh, I love what Rick Warren says about 
crystal cathedrals, all the glass. He said, if you build a crystal cathedral, you got to buy a, a lot of window washer. <laughs> you got to buy a lot of Windex because you got to maintain and keep it up. And that tells you something about that group's value, that they're pretty impressed and it's important to them to have that crystal cathedral look. Our value is that look is not important to us. We want a building that is functional and practical, economical. I, I, I will tell you this right now so you can just gasp for a single moment. The last utility bill we paid here before this building was not ours, this is a month utility. And it was a heavy usage month. Both groups in the church, big conference for the Word Church was $22,000. That's one month utility bill. How'd you like to open up an envelope and see that one, huh? That was breathtaking to us. Our first couple electric bills in the new property have been less than $300. And so now you, you can start saying our value is to put our resources into ministry and people. And so when I say, does the bold campaign make sense to you? The bold campaign is what will enable us to remodel the old and build the new. Now the new is going to be primarily done by a builder. We're not going to plow through the remodel and say, okay, people, hang in there, keep going. We're going to do the remodeling. A lot of the new will be done by a builder. There'll be a few times that we say, y'all come, we need your help. But on the inside of this, okay, and if you did not get one of these, you must get one. There's a floor plan. And this floor plan, hopefully this makes sense to you. This is the new construction part. And, and the floor plan tells you what our values are. I've said this before many, many times. 95% of all people who are born again, who come to Jesus, are saved before the age of 30. And so that doesn't mean that if, you, if you're not a follower of Christ and you're over the age of 30 and we meet you on the street, we're not going to say, sorry, you've got a 5% chance. We're not wasting any time on you. We're going to put our money with the big percentage. That's not what we're saying. Everybody shake your head at me. You get that. But in, in building ministry that, that requires focus and a budget and, and is driven by the mission and our values, we're going to invest greatly. And so this building, you can kind of see it up there on the floor plan, has all the way to your left, okay? Those two rooms there, a 40 by 40, and, and you'll need to take this home and, and probably, you know, look very carefully, but you see two rooms. One, one is for high school, one's for middle school. That's very cool because student ministries, we value highly. Does there, everybody kind of give me some, you get it here. I want this to make, thank you, Mikey. I appreciate that. This, this is really big, mind you got to understand this. you gotta, you got to make sense to you. you got to get your head around this, or you're not going to be a part of the bold campaign. You're going to kind of watch from the sidelines. You're not going to be enthusiastic. You're not going to be excited. So 
the big center space in the middle is a huge spot that will seat up to 300 people. Or it's multi-use. It can be used for student ministries, for games, activities. It's huge. It's got a kitchen off it. There's restrooms, obviously. There's some storage. And that, that takes that center big section. Then the smaller section, you see where the building drops down to a smaller section? Okay, that is all the way to your right. That is a, a, an office area. And, and the reason that's smaller than the other areas, we, we think offices are important, but frankly, offices, office space, it, it, it needs to be adequate, but it doesn't need to be opulent. Some church office complexes are just so incredibly huge. When my view is that our team needs to be out with people, not hanging out in our offices. You gotta have a little space to do some work and to meet with somebody. But our value is people again, so we're, we're gonna put the real construction expense, this bold campaign. We're gonna invest in the areas that have this greatest impact on people. So the other part of this, which is so huge, is I, I've got some bold questions and answers here, and I hope you guys, come on guys, fess up here. How many of you read, you, you not only took one of these, but it didn't end up on the floor mat in your car, and you actually read it. Will you raise your hand toward heaven, and, re, and keep in mind, God is watching. You're in church, people, come on, you know. Go home and read that, because the question and answers talk about our values. You are, you, you know why? Some people will not be a part of the bold campaign because their mind, they, they haven't put their head around the real value of what it is to be a part of this. Now, there's a verse I'm going to show you next, and, and this will help you with the issue of your mind because in the first passage in Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 6, it says the people had a mind to work. So they, it made sense to them. They got their head around it. They got their mind really locked into what it was all about. But there's a verse in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And, and this is a verse, I think as much as any other verse in all of God's word, that'll help you get your mind right. Would you guys read this verse with me? Can you see this on the screen? Would you read this together with me? Join me. Let's read this verse out loud together. Ready? Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I'm going to send you out of here today with an assignment. And that is to pray and allow God to speak to you. And in speaking to you, to show you what his will is for you to be a part of the bold campaign. Okay? And, and you won't get there unless you spend some time thinking about this. And that's what the first passage, the old King James chose when it translated this to take that phrase and say the people had a mind to work. They got their head around it. It made sense to them. And that's the first part of this verse I want you to see from Nehemiah chapter 4, verse Six. The second thing I want you to see, okay, another principle about cooperation. It's in your notes if you're following along. Bold cooperation is fueled by what? Enthusiasm to work. 
So, you, you, you know, some people are clinical and they get it in their head, but they don't do anything about it. Yeah, I understand it. I just don't care. There's no enthusiasm there. Some people in their Christianity are about as enthusiastic as a clam. I, guys, listen to me when I say this. There's nothing wrong with getting excited about your favorite high school, college, or professional sport team. Some of you last Thursday night had a religious experience. <laughs> I, I did. I, I teared up. I, got, I, I had an enthusiastic moment where I was so excited. And, and everybody knows what we're talking about. I don't even have to say what it is. You just know. But stop and think for, about it for a moment. Could we at least get as enthusiastic about someone coming to Jesus as we get about the Browns' first win in the last hundred years? <laughs> you know, I, I was 11 years old when the Browns won the world championship. I can remember. My dad was happy. My grandfather was happy. And, and you know, you, you, you're not young if you remember that. But I, I'm here to tell you, there's this thing of taking what you think here and allowing that to be fueled by something that the Bible refers to as inspiration. It results in enthusiasm. We got one of, our, one of the guys that's just one of the coolest people. The more I get to know him, the more I love him. You know, we, we put up, it just always amazes me when paint goes from the can to the wall and it doesn't end up mostly on the people transferring it from the can to the wall. Uh, how many helped paint this last Saturday? Would you wave at me? Look at that. People, people, people. God bless you. Enthusiasm galore. But before the paint could go on the wall, a guy had to show up and do the drywall preparation. And uh, Mikey, you're right down here in the front. If, if you know Mikey, if anything else, would you not agree with me? Karen, would you not agree? He's got, he's got a little enthusiasm. Would you agree? I want to put that in a bottle, and some of you, frankly, if I could, I'd force feed it to you. You're more like the clam. But in order to cooperate with others, he rolled in here. He's been coming in hour after work, hour after hour. Last Friday, he worked till late in the middle of the night. Got up, went home, slept a couple hours, came back, what, three in the morning? I hear this stuff, and it humbles me. We gave him keys. The guy, I think he's living there. And, and there's one thing that fuels that. When we talk about the bold campaign and what's coming, you, you need to get at least as excited about working together cooperative, cooperatively with others for the cause of Christ, for the cause of seeing people saved, born again. People who will come to Jesus who will never, never experience the pain and the consequences of sin. The wages of sin is death. If you leave this world without knowing Jesus, your eternity will be separated from Jesus Christ in a place the Bible calls hell. I don't fully comprehend everything about it. Frankly, you don't have to. God has something so really amazing for you. It's a place called heaven. And, and I just sometimes wonder, again, I'm not an anti-sports dude. I, I love sports, but at the end of the day, I ask myself occasionally, am I at least as enthusiastic 
for God's team as I am for my favorite college or high school or professional team. And so this enthusiasm thing is big. There's no cooperative effort for the kingdom unless we get enthusiastic. And that's what fuels it all. And so the question I ask, here it is. What are you enthusiastic enough about to work towards? I kind of jumped ahead there because I wanted to ask you that question because the verse itself just kind of pulls it out. Nehemiah 4.6. Let me kind of revisit that again. Again, the same verse, but I want you to see it. At last the wall was completed to half its height around the entire city. Sounds familiar. For the people had worked. Instead of had a mind to work, they worked with the word enthusiasm. So there you have it. We've locked it down. There's one, one more verse I want you to see. It's down in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 7. This is in your written notes. But you can find it online as well. Let's, can we read this one out loud? Would you guys read this with me? Let's join together. Okay, ready? Work with as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Wow. That, that, that settles all the excuses. Well, I don't know if I want to work or give or sacrifice. This is, we're doing this for God. Yes, people matter, but God loves people, but ultimately we're doing it for him. That's number two. Number three, let me kind of wrap it up with this thought. Bold cooperation is sustained when your heart is in your work. We fuel it with enthusiasm, but we got to sustain it. And, and that's where the, the heart has got to come into play. It's what keeps a marriage together. You know, you hear this, I fell out of love. Your heart just got cold. You, you stopped doing the things that warmed your heart. Uh, one, one of the coolest things about what I see happening with our volunteer army that's out there is I, I just find myself humbled again and again and again with people who are all in, they're heartfelt about what they're doing. And uh, you could make the point that heartfelt cooperation is what sustains any relationship, a small group you're in. You gotta love each other. You, you gotta care enough. How many of you have perfect friends? Would you raise your hand? Your friends are all perfect. Anybody? See, I decided a long time ago if I was gonna have friends, I, I wouldn't have to make that part of the criteria one of the conditions. So all of my friends are messed up, but it works out well because they're just like me. And, and as a result, the people I commit to and I love with all of my heart, I don't give up on them when they mess up because I already accepted the fact that they're just messed up just like me. And they battle. You say, Ed, how can you say that out loud? Because Paul the apostle said he was chief of all sinners. Come on, getting honest about your struggles is one of the ways that make us transparent enough to deal honestly with our issues. So again, the same verse. I'm going to read it again. Ready? Nehemiah 4, 6. This is from the New International Version. Same verse, three different ways, three different things we're going to see from the same phrase. So we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height, for the people worked with all of their what? Here it is. So now we've got our mind, we've got our enthusiasm, and we've got our heart. And so the question, here's the next question. Where does your heart lead you to work? Where, where does your heart 
lead you? What are you willing to invest in? Your time, your talents, and your treasures. I want to show you a last verse here. Would you look at this? Luke chapter 12, 34. It's from the New Living Translation. This is the last verse I'm going to ask you to read, but I really want you to get this. Ready? Join me. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your will also be. So what are you willing to sacrifice your time and talents and treasures for? What, what are you willing to invest in? For the people in Nehemiah's time, it was the wall because the wall provided collective protection for the whole community. And I'm here to tell you that what we are working on now, this property on Killian Road, remodeling the existing building, you know, 35% more additional space, all that is being designed to build a wall of protection for people who don't know Jesus, who may never find out who Jesus is. This space is going to be dedicated because our highest value is so that people may know Jesus. We want to connect people to Jesus so we in turn can connect them to community, other believers, so that we can give them, we connect them to purpose. We, we can experience purpose together in our life, can take on meaning. That, that's, there's got to be something more to life than the next joyride or thrill or buzz. There's got to be more to it. And there is. God loves us so much. He'll give you something worth getting up in the morning for, something worth living for, something worth praying for, something worth serving for, and ultimately, something worth giving and sacrificing for. Thank you for listening today. We hope your heart was inspired. For more information or directions, visit us at abt316.com.